Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kevin Graham and welcome to the Axon Bulletin. As usual, I'm joined by Russell Boyce for this Monday Club. Russell, how are you today? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've just realised I've got a hanging towel up behind me, Kevin. It's not the best to look. Let me take that in Is it a wet towel? Ah, it was wet this morning, aye. <laughs> I feel better now. I feel better now. 
<laughs> quite right, quite right. I mean, I spend I spend five minutes taking down pictures and all of that. So nobody. Oh, I know, mate. It's all about it's all about the image, mate. All about the image. <laughs> I know. Oh, there's some folk actually says you spend five minutes going into your next door neighbour's house to actually film this, and because <laughs> this is not, this is not your house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I mentioned last week uh, that about Eddie Howe, and I says that I'd bet two quid that he wouldn't be the manager by the end of the week, and I've, I've been I've been proved right that he wasn't going to be the the manager by the end of the week because I just think there's too many things mm. that, uh, outstanding um, at this moment. As of this moment, as we went live on air, he's still not the Celtic manager and or looks likely to be the Celtic manager, because nothing's changed. We haven't heard nothing since we've been here seven days ago. The Tuesday announcement, which we were speaking about last week as well, was basically to say that Dom Boy, Dom Boy Mackay, will start his job next Monday. So he'll go, uh, next Monday, the 19th. So he'll go into the job next Monday, and he'll get his hand over for Peter Lawley. And you can what the handover will be, but at this point next Monday, Peter Law will be taking him round the office, like showing him the fire exits, showing him the toilets, uh, where the hidden biscuit stashes, that, <laughs> that, that, that we covered with a five-way agreement in it, in it uh, that, Peter, that Peter does the can exists. Uh, the, old, the old firm pack that where Peter Scott look the, the old firm brand man needs to get kept alive and under all circumstances. Uh, the scouting reports on Bio and Barcas and they'll be in his wee lock drawer and that. Eh? Then he'll do what everybody gets on their first day at work. Peter will be gone round introducing them to the introducing them to all the office staff and gone good guy, good guy, no so good guy. So, uh, so after. Oh, that is done. What's the first thing that Don Mackay should actually do? Apart from going get a cup of tea and get into that biscuit stash. Aye, I think I think he's got to he's got to address this management issue and find out how far down the road we are with it. And if there is a hold up, what the hold up is, I think there's two sides to this. And I, I was quite intrigued by what Tony was saying on Friday. If I'm completely honest. Two people haven't said nothing in this. Don't uh, uh, Celtic or Eddie Howe. That's good. That's a good sign. You know, it's not like a case of, you know, I think I think if Eddie Howe was a hundred percent not coming, I think the club would have cleared that up by now. I think they would have just came out and said, "Look, we've moved on to other targets," or you know, contrary to reports, we are not close to appointing um, the name that's been mentioned in the papers. We're actually focused on several other targets and are, you know, very far into the, 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 the search process. So I think Don McKay probably already knows what's going on. I know he starts on Monday, but Jinky's unofficially done a bit of work so far. I think probably so. Um, I think he'll be getting regularly updated on on what, you know, if there's been a hold-up, we're talking about it as a hold-up. Really, it was an unnamed source that overnight became on one of the blogs, Eddie Howe's agent. Now, if I look back, it just said a representative of Eddie Howe, and it was an unnamed representative. And it seems to, the story seems to have got a lot of credibility for some reason. Like when you kind of strip it back, Kev, I'm, you know, who is it? And, and how did it become his agent overnight when 
you know, you keep looking, I've looked into the tweet and all that, there's nothing there, mate, that suggests that was his agent that said that. There's no name to it at all. And I worry if, I think there's two sides to this, right? And I think there's a reason why Don McKay might be coming in earlier. I think, such has been this season, it has taken very little for Celtic fans to panic over something. And that story, without, as I say, a source named on it, just a representative of Eddie Howe, has caused a bit of mass panic. Let's be honest, it has. Oh, um, yes, it has. And I think that's because on the back of, of what season we've had, um, and we've been scrutinising everything Celtic do with regards to the hold-up transfer. It coincided with the Ivan Tony story that came out as well, Kev, that he'd been in the building and we didn't get it over the line. Therefore, people are just putting two plus two together and expecting the worst. What is one good thing about how Don Mackay was appointed? Celtic said nothing until the, the, it was confirmed. Nothing until the job was... Like, he came out of nowhere. So I'm hoping that they're just doing a professional job here. The negotiations remain private. We don't need to say anything right now until it's official. There might not be any hold-up in the slightest, and it might just be, for want of a better expression, a shitstorm starting over nothing. Do you know what I mean? I think it's... I just... I think maybe we need to... I think I, I don't know. I panic, right? I'll be completely honest. With you, I panic, right? But I think, on reflection, listening to Tony on Friday, I kind of thought, you know what? That's a different angle looking at it. I've not really took into consideration, and I did then go back over Twitter. As I say, there's no name to this, mate. No, there's no, no name. Uh, we, uh, are, 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 and, and because of the negative season we've had, are we just joining the dots the wrong way around? You know what I mean? I'm panicking a wee bit too easy. Us as a Celtic, us as a support, and this this is every football fan really panics. Basically, basically, you look at the English Premiership, and we all know that Eddie Howe is wanted by a certain level of Premiership club. Crystal, the Crystal Palace name won't yeah. go away, and. Exactly. I don't look on Crystal Palace forums, but I've got a couple of friends who get really, really obsessed with this type of stuff, and they'll go on to the Crystal Palace forums and they'll have a yeah. have a look, and they're all saying, "Oh, we've spoke with Eddie Howe, and that's why that's why Celtic are that's why the, the Celtic job's not been announced." And you've got Newcastle. Well, Newcastle went six points clear of relegation yesterday, and it looks like they won't get relegated, and that might save Steve, save Steve Bruce's job, but who, who actually knows what will actually what will actually happen there, because Mike Ashley's a lot of himself. But, as you say, a lot of Celtic fans panicked when they saw that tweet. It's the same as the panic when... Myself included, by the way. Myself included, I'm not judging, by the way. I'm not judging. I never, because... We can't control what's going on in the background. We can't yeah. worry whether Eddie Howe... If Eddie Howe wants to take the Celtic job, he will take the Celtic job. If it's getting offered to Eddie Howe. And you make a great point there when you actually say, if he wasn't interested in taking the Celtic job, I reckon he would have came out and says by now. I mean, by the way, I'm not interested. I, I'm, I'm going to wait for the summer and see what happens in England. I, 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 think, think, I think the club as well... Sorry to interrupt you, Kevin. Sorry, mate. Just to touch on that as well, just to... I think the club would be in their best interest to rule him out if it wasn't happening as well and just say, look, we've moved on to other targets. We did have chats with him because the more this builds, right, if it weren't to be him, it's going to look worse. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think it's an encouraging sign that neither camp have said anything. Sorry, mate. No, 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 you're quite right. I says, I says a few weeks ago that Celtic don't, like, do things in public. 
the Don Mackay thing was was fired on us. But his announcement that he was going to start early was sort of leaked on the Monday. That he, that he was basically there was going to be an announcement to the stock stock exchange on, on the Tuesday, and that's what seems to happen with Celtic. It seems to be quick. So on next Monday, when Don Mackay's done whatever he needs to do, been shown round shown, shown round the place, sat doing has a cup of tea, watches a Monday club. Do you think his first phone call will be Eddie Howe to actually say, right, we need to get this over the line. What do I need to do? It's so hard to say. It's so hard to say because there's a part of me that thinks it could still be done already and it's just a case that they're not announcing it yet. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting to that date for, for, for Don McKay to be in the building before they, they perhaps parade him. But again, this is complete, complete speculation on my part. I mean, if it's not sorted then yes, I think that would be your priority job, would be to go in and find out the reasons why and just grab the bull by the horns, like you say, and phone him. What's the hold-up? What is it that's happening? Is there anything I can do to get this over the line? Is it Richard Hughes? Is it you're not sure about coming to Scotland? Is it that you don't want to start this season, you want to start in the summer because you're enjoying your year out? What is the reasons and can we work around them? I think it would be a realistic thing to do. Although having said that, just to play complete devil's advocate, it might already be sorted. Who knows? <laughs> Charles Sweeney comes in with uh, comes in with a comment. I think if Howe wanted the job, he would have signed by now. Steve Clark or John Kennedy for me. Now, Kennedy has been Im- impressive the way that he's dealt with the media. Steve, Cla- Steve Clark for me. Steve Clark has got a job to do with Scotland, and he's not going to take the Celtic job with with a, with a job that is especially with the Euros. This summer, I think that rules out Clark completely from the job. But what what uh, Charles Sweeney says there? What happens if it is a done deal? But how's going? We can't announce it just now because I've got a contractual oblig- obligation to Bournemouth that I can't take another job to say the start of June, end of May. I've got a con- uh, who knows, mate? Uh, uh, who, who knows? knows? What what happens if there is still? I, I'm going. To, I'm going to play a wee bit of a devil here, right? What happens if he wants a job, but there's certain staff members being forced on him, and well, and he doesn't want it, and that's what's holding it up. And he's going. I do not want that. I want to take my own man. And what happens if those staff members are being forced on him because the outgoing. CEO has promised certain people within the organisation a job, and he's trying to push that over the line. Now, this is just pure. This is just my brain making noises. No, I've got no inside information at all. So, what happens if your outgoing CEO is trying to be Silver Black again? Yeah, and Eddie so Howe, and Eddie Howe's going no. Aye, I think at first, Kev, you've got to say this is something that has been widely reported as well at one point that they wanted to keep Strachan and Kennedy. So, you know, it's not a figment of your imagination you're coming out with here. This mm-hmm. has been apparently how he was willing to accept them at one point. Um, and apparently one of the other stories we've read in the media is, and that's what we're here to do, we've got to comment on stuff that gets put in the media and that, you know. So I think the Richard Hughes, Bergo Harkeman's very, very interesting because I see both sides on this one a big time. Now, for me, it's how that one-off an opportunity to get that you just have to sh- 
to park it with the, the Harkin thing and go with what Eddie Howe wants and who he's going to work best with because he's that good. Um, I think we're just a wee bit too quick to be worrying about what we do when Eddie Howe leaves. I said this last week, Eddie Howe's track record is actually he stays for the long haul. Brendan Rogers was the polar opposite. He had spells for a year, two years, under a year at one club. Um, him leaving after two and a half, three years with us was no surprise. Okay, when you look back at his career trajectory and how it's actually panned out. Um, Eddie Howe's short spell was Burnley, which we keep hearing was this tiny short spell. It was actually between 18 and 20 months. Mm-hmm. That is someone who was going through a lot of off-field stuff at that time, but we don't know you could go into, but that gave it, still stuck it out, I would say. You know, that's really two years. He's still, you know, he was there a long time um, in spite of everything else that was going on. So if he's saying he wants his directory football, right, this is my man, this is who I work best with, is he, sub, you know, subliminally, subliminally telling us, I'm here for five, six, seven years. If so, we should be on that bus. That is what you want to hear. Whereas there seems to be a thought process that what do we do if we hire Houseman and the two of them leave in two years? Well, why do we think? We, again, this is Stepping Stone FC coming back and we all keep thinking that when we get a name, they've got a one, they're looking, they've got one eye and exit door right away. It's a Celtic. It's a huge job. This is far bigger job than Bournemouth and he stuck there for seven years knowing that the best thing he could do was the odd top half finish there. Still stuck it out five seasons in the Premier League. So I think it could be a positive thing that, that, that he wants his own man because it means he's in it for the long haul. Flip it and go, is it really right that the manager's picking who really is going to be the guy overviewing how he does his job? Do you know what I mean? Is that got to be the guy who's overviewing the job that is in there first? And I get that train of thought, that school of thought. So that's where we're at right now. I think there's there's positives to both. There's negatives to both aspects. For me, I think he's the one that is the, the appointment that unites the fans, and the club need more than ever to unite the fans. I would just, I would make an exception and just get his man in if that's what it was. If that's what it was, he, he does uh, uh, unite the fans. You are right there. I, I mentioned my my red lines last week. And <laughs> <laughs> and I still have got them, but as I've said, how is the best candidate in a very unimpressive field for me? Or unimpressive field of candidates we can actually get yes. and we seem to be speaking to. Um, Kevin Hamsey comes in with a comment here. I don't recall all these types of issues when Hodgers arrived, though. I'm not confident on how, to be honest. Well, just quickly though, we're going for a different. Brendan Rodgers didn't have these issues because he was given the keys basically for the first season or two. You know, I mean, he wasn't working under the director of football until about eighteen months in. Lowell stepped back up to that. I think he was given false promises, probably that we'd have free reign the whole time. I think Celtic seems set on the director of football format, and therefore now it is about which one you you know how wants. I think that is going to be the structure at the club. That would be mine with that. I understand where Celtic are with this. They don't want to... They look at European clubs, where European clubs, where the director of football is probably more important than the manager. And if the coach leaves, moves on to bigger things, the structure and director of football is there. The analytic side is there. The sports science side is there. And the manager doesn't take that with him. I understand the club's point on that. Completely. If that is a sticking point. Yes. But, I also, but I also understand where Howe's coming from going, no, I want my own man. 
And I do get so there is a case of I don't know what happens in these high powered meetings and negotiations. No, I've, never, I've never been I've never been in them. I've usually just go for a job <laughs> interview and get tell you're working with that wapper. And, uh, and, and, that, and that's what usually happens, eh? Um, a bit like what happened here, mate. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even go for an interview. You just turned up one Monday and got teleported to talk to you. Um, but what, what I would say about Kevin, uh, Kevin Hamsey's uh, comment was... This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The negotiations with Brendan Rodgers went on for weeks before it was announced. Even though the announcement was quick, the, the negotiations were going on for weeks beforehand. So... Celtic seem to do everything at a snail's pace and Paul brought up the comment by, I can't remember who it was who says if Law was still tinkering he's going to cost 20,000 season tickets and and Peter Law's time as Celtic CEO we have never done anything quick everything seems everything seems to have been analysed and analysed again and then psychoanalysed to the ninth degree and we've tried to get stretch the, as much money as we can get, as much bang for the buck, and can try to do it as cheap as possible. Cheap's maybe the wrong word that, that, that I'm using there, eh? yeah. but you, you understand what I, I mean. Do you, think, do you think the thing is as well with Rogers was, there was a lot of negotiations, and I'm sure they took just as long, right? But was he getting as much press conference because there was a lot? I think there was still a lot in the media that were not particularly convinced he was a realistic target. I think, do you know what I mean? So it wasn't getting the day-to-day stuff. Because even Celtic fans, let's be honest, we weren't all going, oh, feel be a shoo-in for the Celtic job. It did seem a bit of a fantasy appointment, to be honest with you. Um, and therefore, I think the how one... I'll tell you another thing as well, right? And it, I think as well, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of doubts getting flung out there about, you know, whether he wants the job and things like that. I smell a wee bit of fear, my man. I can I smell a bit of fear. I think it tells you how good he is, and everyone knows he's going to be good if he gets that job. How good he is, so we'll never go again. Um, um, but I think he could, I think, I smell a bit of fear in there, and I think there could be 
some negative press getting put out, Kev, because they want the wheels to come off before it gets started, because this bus, I'm telling you, is a shiny beltery of bus right to the garage, my man, and I'm telling you, it, it can go at 200 mile an hour. I'm smelling a bit of fear, mate. If you're a, what is it, better than your Roy Keane bus? Has it got toilets or that? No. Roy Keane bus is a different bus for the gather. <laughs> it's special in its own ways, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing, I was going to say something there, but it was completely, um, I'm, I'm leaving that thought in my head. I'm not even going to go anywhere near where I was actually going to say there. We'll <laughs> uh, get two off air right away. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, we've got a, a powerful shareholder, major shareholder, and if Eddie Howe was by any chance uh, shown any doubt, was, I'm just going to, like, like hang my ease along, tag ease along here until I get a job in England. That noise there that you would hear, would be our major shareholder stamping his feet and appointing somebody else because he wouldn't wait about. He, he wouldn't wait about if he if he got a, a, a sniff, a sniff that Eddie Howe was mentioning us about. And that's if we, we, we've even spoke to him. And this is maybe where the, if Howe goes to Crystal Palace, Newcastle, wherever, and they go, ah, he didn't get your top choice. Celtic can quite come out and come out and go like that. Well, he wasn't really our top choice. We were talking to three or four guys. He was just the name that was leaked to the media by a certain agent, if, if you know what I mean. Eh? So Celtic can go, well, who do you know who our first choice was? Because we never says he was the first choice. So I, I think I think as well, that see if there is a, a, it's not going to happen that you say Desmond makes that call like that. I think Celtic could come out and just, you know, put that fire out right now. Because the longer there's drags, the more it is going to look like we've missed out on him. And the more, the harder it then becomes, right, for whoever it is that does get the job. The longer this drama goes on about how and not how, the harder it is to pitch whoever the other name is, unless it's, you know, Pep Guardiola, do you know what I mean? Which is not going to be. So I think, uh, for me, if if there is, I think the silence is a good thing. I'm going to stick to that positive tone on it, my man. I'm going to go away. Neither camp has said anything. And we're panicking over an unnamed source that we don't know if we had them. It could just be, you know, getting a wee bit of fear. I think that could be. And there's Brian Graham. I mean, he's saying about Celtic TV talking about him. I did miss that. i never seen that. Because um, I was working. I had everything on mute yesterday on Saturday, Kev. So I was just, uh, I was watching the game in silence. I didn't realise they'd actually mentioned them. I did, I, I did find it quite interesting that they that they did mention it, and I don't know mm. if that's subliminal messages or anything like that, because having dealt with the club, everything that you're doing with a club's name on it or on a club official channel goes through the ninth degree of what you can say and what you can't say. Mm. And so it was quite interesting that his name was mentioned. As I, as I says, I'm actually of the belief if we had, if we are talking to Eddie Howe, and we were getting the the inclination that he's just stringing us along, using our name to try and bag a bigger fish, get on a better bus, or get a job back in England, or whatever it was, then our, our major shareholder would be stamping his feet at this precise moment in time and would appoint somebody else. And uh, for me, I hope everything will become clearer next Monday or Tuesday. 
I, I really do. Once Dom, the Dom boys in his office switched on his laptop, I think everything will become clearer next week because I reckon the season ticket renewals will drop end of April, start of May. I reckon yep. the letters will be going out through the door and they want the new manager's signature on those letters. You can't send out those letters with John Kennedy's signature on them and that's no offence to John Kennedy. No, 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 no. I hear you on that totally. It was interesting. One of the comments that popped up on the, on the screen said um, you can't possibly appoint a manager before... The CEO. The CEO. Now, I think that is... I think there is a bit of truth in that because... The powerful image you want when he's got the scar above his head is the new Celtic. The new Celtic involves the director of football, whoever that is on his left. And for me, you get the CEO on the right because this is the new era that we're going into. And I can kind of understand that. Other option? Appoint him before the old firm? Or the, obviously the Glasgow Derby before everyone panics. Um, appoint him on Friday? I, I don't know. No, I don't look. It's it, it's, it's just clear. Momentum, big style, eh? It's clear. Kennedy's here at the end of the season. Uh-huh. The, the, there's not going to be any change whatsoever before the end of the season. And I just which, the story, though. Let that be the story going into that game. Do you know what I mean? I think that would be. I think I think it'd be a shrewd move. Is, is that a good time to bury bad news? I mean, when we appointed Brendan Rodgers, the announcement was the day before uh, Hibs and Rangers played in a cup final. And they, and they announced it late at night. So, That's right. That's so the right. papers were absolutely full of it the, the following day. Uh, would they maybe... I, I don't know. I'm not really bored anymore. I'm getting a bit sick of this speculation. I'm not worried about the speculation any, anymore because what will be will be. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and we, we can't control what's happening behind the closed doors. No. Um, I mean, it would, be, it would be great if it happens next Monday when we're on air and we can actually start talking about fact and no, and no like... Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> remember I know. that because we, we did get a bit of abuse last week. Uh, for based on rumour, eh? but there's nothing else to actually base it on. Eh? Well, I, I think when there's stories that you're reading online and in the paper, we're not physical papers, need to buy them anymore, but when you're reading like newspaper articles online and you're reading tweets and you're how media works we've got to go with those stories and discuss them I know, and, I know. as you like to do you like to go into the parallel universe of the what ifs the hows and, and how will this work and how would that work and what if we then add that detail to to me that makes good view and I don't I don't really see it. we weren't we weren't at any point acting you know I would much rather do that and go down avenues of potentials pros and cons than claiming we were in the know and claiming that we were we knew this, we know that, we know this. I mean, that's not that's not that's not the way to do it. So no, I mean, right now, as you say, the speculation has went on for a long, long time. Um, it is getting a bit tiresome. I agree with that. As I say, the good thing, the positive vibe for me is, if it wasn't going to be how the club could could make that abundantly clean and say we've moved on to other targets, and it stops this train from or this bus. Um, from, you know, crashing more spectacularly than what it would. The longer it goes on, and if there is a seed of doubt that we don't get him, 
I think the harder, firstly, for the next uh, manager, because he's not he's, he's anyone but not Eddie Howe. And I think the come down for the fans would be, they'd feel like they had egg on their face and it would, it would affect season tickets. So I think there's no two ways. The the comment before Barca, the Barca boys ones come up would Celtic fans accept John Kennedy if he gets a good result at the weekend? I don't I don't think we would, uh, and that's no. again we, we we need a clean break and and do I feel sorry for Kennedy? It's football. I think he understands the way football works. The, the, it needs a clean break, and even if he does gets gets a good result on Saturday and we move on. Um, Two good sides to this, my man, right? Kennedy is given five, six years of a coaching team that has been extremely successful, right? And he could be saying one bad season when it was clearly, you know, it wasn't, you know, when I've been working with better managers or whatever, he could, he could have a good point there. But right now, Celtic is still on the back of a disaster of a season. Giving him 10 games, I think it could be or whatever, in mm-hmm. charge of a huge football club. That on his CV is only going to enhance his career options. I don't particularly feel sorry for him in that sense. I think you're right. I think he's, I guess, came over first and foremost really, really well. I think he was is growing all the time in, in, in the job. I don't think he's the name that gets the season tickets sold and I don't think that would be why. I think that, you know, he maybe is just a bad timing. But for John Kennedy, I think this is now the start of his managerial career. Um, and I think I understand the, 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 the comment about if we get a positive result against Rangers, would you then be warming to him? I don't think we would, but I tell you what, I think another SBA bell side might. It might, instead of going to go to the championship to start, it might encourage him to get a top flight job if he gets a good result. So there's positives in, in, in both both sides. Celtic's been very good for John Kennedy, um, and right now, John Kennedy, between now and the end of the season, is, for me, is good for Celtic. Um and all the, I, I wish him all the best if he does go. I really do because he's he's been he's conducted himself with humility, I think, and a bit of class, and he's calmed the brand down, hasn't he? To a point, De- definitely. And we'll get on to the Saturday's game in, in a mm. couple of minutes. Scott Howe and KS Caretakers have actually said if Kennedy beats them and wins the Scottish Cup, he'll get the job. I think that's what Scott Howe says. And KS yeah. uh, Caretakers says if he beats Rangers twice, surely he gets the job. For me, went did up with Neil Lennon. Because he got because he, because we won a treble treble, said. And, and that's and that proved to be the the longer term more damaging decision. And I don't think the <laughs> and and I don't and I, and I don't think uh, the board will make that mistake again. And I, I'm sorry for Kennedy, but he's not big enough or box office enough to sell season tickets and we need a clean break he's always going to be linked with this failed season rightly or wrongly how much input he's had into it we don't know and as a failed season it's a failed season in, in the league terms we don't know about the cup yet we'll know more on Monday if, if it's going to continue or not or, yes, we, maybe, no, or we might not, not more know more on Monday but we'll, we'll come to that soon well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think as well I mean John Kennedy I think will be. I think he strikes me as someone who is not a panic merchant. I don't think any of this will phase him. But I don't feel sorry for him. I think he's been given an amazing opportunity. Even let's be honest, when Neil Lennon took the job, most managers when they come in have the right to bring in their own coaching team. He was safe. 
right? Because Celtic gave him that safety, that position of you know assistant manager. To me, that is okay. Earned it fair enough in, in one aspect, but you know it's a pretty lucky situation that the manager's not come in making demands of who his, his assistant manager is. Um, secondly, when that manager's then removed, often what follows the backroom team, he mm-hmm. actually gets a promotion out t- till the end of the season, mate. So. I don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> he can, I, oh, as I say, I've got plenty of praise for him, by the way, because I think uh, you know the rip-roaring free scoring was out on Saturday, finally, and these shots were getting you know actually turned into goals. But fair play him. He's conducting himself well. But I also think he'll be very grateful for being given the gig till the end of the season as it is going to benefit his, um, his job opportunities tenfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got a bit of abuse last week, and I spoke about it before for last Monday, and we built a show on rumours, ifs and buts, no Nicky buts. So <laughs> the first 31 minutes of this, this bulletin today, I mean, we have based it on rumour, and oh, we did base it on a fact that Don Mackay starting next Monday. So, that, 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 so uh, the first 31 minutes has been based on that based on that fact. So for the next 30-odd minutes, we're only going to deal with fact. So that fact is, at the weekend, we scalped Livingston. And the game, we've got a game this Saturday. Well, at the moment, it's still Saturday until now a day institution, which is the SFA, decides that they need to bow. <laughs> which one? <laughs> well, they decide that they need to bow to another out-of-date institution and the peasants must behave in a certain way, which means that the game's going to get moved. If the game does get moved, I'm going to, I'm going to understand it, as this country seems, seems to need these out-of-date institutions to get a sense of worth in this wilder world. And mm-hmm. until, until somebody comes in with a boss to actually change it, we're just going to need to accept it, that we're always going to be asked to behave in this subservient way when the elite tell us to. I mean, I don't like it. I'll moan about it, but I understand it. There's too many old blazers, old codgers with, with cobwebs coming out their ears, standing, saluting a flag, and being and we and we seem to like being told to behave in a certain way. And because, because it keeps the elite in power, I think they they like us to be subservient, and I think that the, the royal family is an institution that it's like out of date in the modern world. But I understand why the SFA are going to do what they're going to do if, if, the game, if the game does get moved. Because that's what we need to be seen to bowing to these, these things, which I'll never do, never have done and never will do, but that's just my own, that's no, that's no axon stance, that's just my own stance. So, <laughs> so, no, you're quite right. I mean, I think, it, I mean, I think it is farcical, to be honest with you, but I mean, I, you wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. I think you're absolutely right. You know, it wouldn't surprise you in the in the slightest cab if you know the, the the game is moved. I mean, I I read Friday night they were talking about. I mean, surely they can't do that. Well, again, what they'll probably do, Russell, after after me having that we go at the establishment there, they'll probably put it on Monday at half past twelve to get me and you off there. <laughs> That's, that's what they'll probably need. Me and you will probably need to do a watch along. <laughs> Enough for that. Uh, look, 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Understa- I understand that somebody's died and there is a personal aspect and the family are going to be grieving and I understand that. But I'm more getting at the establishment here. I'm more having the establishment are expecting us behave to, to behave in a certain way. And that's what I'm getting at. I've got nothing against the, the personnel of the royal family whatsoever. I've got something against the institution. But the fact is somebody's passed away, but I don't like getting told to behave in a certain way. And See, for me, there's just two options, Kev, right? What's bigger to you? Someone dying in the royal family in the Scottish Cup. I pick the Scottish Cup every single time. Simple. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it takes priority. It's like, and we all make our own minds up on that. And if other folk think that other stuff, fair play to them. That's all. That's up to them if they think it should get moved. That's fine. But for me, nine matters more than Celtic winning the Scottish Cup this season. So I mean, I mean, I mean, I look, the game. I mean, look, the team that we're playing on Saturday, Sunday, uh, whenever Monday afternoon, Tuesday night, Friday night, whenever it is going to be, going to be. I mean, they've got a photo of the Queen in their dressing room. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean surely their heads are going to be elsewhere. Uh, I mean, but what I can't remember is that true. That is true, yes. I've got a photo of the Queen in the dressing room. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that is embarrassing, man. If that's what makes them go to sleep at night, that's what makes them sleep well at night. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I don't really, I'm not really bothered about that, eh? But I can't even remember the, the Queen cancelling anything when Rangers died in 2012. Can you? <laughs> 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 oh, we are doing just the day, my man. I love it, love it. Ah, there's, there's the, 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 there's my wee fishing rod. Out. Right, right. I need to move swiftly on for this. This is, this is developing into like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Whatever's going to happen, John Kennedy's going to take the troops to Ibrox, whenever, in hope of like knocking out the favourites for the competition, because they are the favourites for the competition. Let's let's not beat about the bush there, right? And to keep our dream alive of winning the fifth Scottish Cup in a row. So, what did you think we learned for the Livingston game, Russell? James Forrest is key. James Forrest, I owe an apology to for the amount of times I've shouted about him in my living room my brother will testify that tonight <laughs> I've given him it tight so many times and actually he has definitely shown us something that's been missing this season um, he, 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 he brings a directness a fantastic finisher it's his numbers mate it's just one of those things he is, he is a guarantee of 15 goals and 15 assists a season from the wing it's phenomenal um, and I've been guilty of taking it for granted and, and I'm delighted that he's, he's back in the side um, I also happen to think that since uh, we talked up uh, El Yunusi uh, last week uh, the big man's got a boost so he's obviously another Monday Club fan as I see in the comment there nice one my man um, right. El Yunusi's looks like he plays for his future a wee bit that's kind of what I took for I thought this looks like the big man he's He's, you know, in the, you know, they say they're playing in the shop window. I think he's playing in the Celtic shop window, mate. I think he's, he's making a real effort to try and get to become a permanent fixture. And 
I've heard the arguments for it, and I have kind of swayed to, to more to that side now. In fairness to what originally originally was, and goals always help. Um, and he's curling into the, the left hand side of the, 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 the keeper's net. It was absolutely standing. I loved that. Um, we're not going to get carried away, and I'm not going to be negative about a six 0 win. I thought it was wonderful. I'm just, I would say that I did feel once it got after two 0 there was a bit of pre-season friendliness about the tempo a wee bit from Livingston. I didn't think, I didn't think they played like themselves. Um, brilliant watching Martindale at the side, hating life, loved it. Absolutely loved that aspect. Right, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna need to pull you up about that. I noticed you had a bit of beef with Martin Dale on Twitter. So, so, so what's what's the beef? He came over, we we've done an interview, I'm state of mind done an interview him and he came across very well. I think it's a I think it's a, a true proper story, man. Why? Um I just think I just think everyone's got a story, mate, and his is just glorified for, for nonsense. I, I, I mean, I think it all coincided with that silly 10-game unbeaten run at Levy, but he's not for me, but not personal, man. I don't really know him, do you know what I mean? Maybe I'd meet him, we'd get on fine, but in the meantime, I enjoyed watching him getting up 6-0 and man's changing my mind on that. No, 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 I'm Look, we didn't scalp Livingston that old. Uh, no. Like, I, They're both in Aye, it seems to be. I think they maybe it's, it's like back pocketed them a couple of times under Martin O'Neill and all of that when they were up the first time. But I can't really remember us having a, such a comfortable afternoon uh, as we did against against uh, Livingston. There was a comment there by Rids R I D Z when I was talking about the establishment there, and he mentioned the Vatican. No, he just automatically thought because I was talking a Celtic Celtic podcast that I'm a Catholic. Maybe that, maybe that just shows you didn't follow the stereotype, mate. Yeah, that's uh, right. totally, mate. Uh, totally. Can, can what I mean? Eh? So, I thought it was a decent performance, and 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 it was and it was quite um, it, it was quite noticeable for me after the game when John Kennedy says he says what we've been working on for four weeks came came to fruition today, getting the ball in behind, getting the ball wide, yep, yep. using using the fullbacks, and I thought that was interesting for him to actually say that. I did think it was interesting to actually say that. Against Falkirk in the couple of games before, I think we had something like 162 shots at goal and never, never, never scored there. But, but I think you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I think Kennedy's very much you know, going to be looking at the analytics of it all and going, if you actually break it down, we're doing everything that you're supposed to do in football games, apart from the most important thing, putting the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Someone's bought it soon. Uh, I, I, you know, and you know, as by putting it as it came to fruition, definitely. On the flip side, right? I want you to know your thoughts on Aye. He's struggling. Eh? Again, what I'm going to say about what I'm going to say about any of the subs that came on was, uh, as you mentioned, that it went to pre-season pace. Livingston, yeah. uh, Livingston had changed like the five outfield players by that point. They I were know. just trying to give boys lead their legs, Celtic were trying to bring guys on, the pace of the, the game utterly drops, Absolutely the pace right. of the game utterly drops, and I, and I do find it's very difficult to judge players coming Fair on enough. against games like that, but look, you're, you're five nothing up at that point, you're, he's maybe coming on going, I'm going to get a goal here, I'm going to try him, but he didn't really do nothing, but I'm going to give him a wee bit of a benefit of the doubt here. I also saw a lot of the comments in the post-match game as well with Folk, Actually, saying 
uh, it's only Livingston, you, you bet them 6 nothing. It's not. it's a bit late in that. I bloody enjoyed it. I bloody enjoyed living in that moment going, this is a great, I'm enjoying watching Celtic for this. Yeah, I'm not worried about what's going to happen in the future. Now oh, we're scoring goals. Effie Ambrose is playing great balls to Ryan Christie for us to actually score. I was like, I was like the good, I was like the good old days, and, and I'm going. I was having a look at things, and I'm going. I think sometimes Celtic fans didn't. Some Celtic fans didn't like getting good things. They just can't live in that moment. And, and it could be a football fan hang actually. We just didn't live in that moment. We're always looking for a caveat. We're always looking for our opinion to be right. And that's quite hard for us to say when we sit and blow the rubbish on a Monday, on a Tuesday, that I didn't, want my, I didn't want my opinion to be right. My opinion's just an opinion, but I think there's loads of guys out there who will say stuff so they can come back a later day and go, I tell you that was going to be right. I tell you that was right. And they just didn't want to live it in the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. I think when you look at it, you've got to look at everything in isolation as well. And you look at you look first at the result against, like I say, a bogey team. There's no two ways Livingston have been a problem for Celtic in the in recent years, even under Brendan Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um I then think you've got to look at it and going six nil, clean sheet, could have been ten. Um definitely. Uh, how many clean sheets is that under Kenny Durant? Four out of six? Five out of six? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Anyway, I'm, you know I always get these things slightly wrong, but I'm close. Um, Scott Baines looking more and more confident, actually. I thought he looked more assured as well um, with, the, with with the work he did have to do because he was still called into action on a couple of occasions. Um, well, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk about Scott Baines. I like the fact that he made saves. Know the fact that we gave up the save. Know the fact that we gave up the chances. The fact that he actually saved them. He was Amazing. there and done. He done the job that you want your goalkeeper to do. A hundred, a hundred percent agreed. Because, like I said about Barkas, I said the thing is when you're a keeper at Celtic or Rangers, I appreciate he's got every. He could look through all the games he's played and has every right to go. But really, should have saved that. Really, should have saved that. The fact is. To be a Celtic goalkeeper, I'm not saying anyone uh, in particular you should have said, but the ratio is you do pull out that world to save. That's the thing. You need to do that at least a couple of times. You know, if you were to go through Foster's saves last season, right, how many of them should he have saved, Neil Lennon, that? Um, how many should he have saved? Hunters, you could argue that he shouldn't have saved. That's the difference, and that's why over the road, um, across the city, they've got a guy who's about to win Player of the Year, and we're you know it's not going to be one of our keepers. Um, but I couldn't agree more. It was refreshing to see him making saves. I actually said that about four weeks ago. Scott being pulled off a couple of saves. I thought that's the first time I've seen that this year. You know, like actually seeing saves. So I'm fully on board that one, big man. Fully on board. I, I agree with that and Bain's going to be the goalkeeper at the end of the season I don't think Barkas is going to get another look in this season no. Scott, Bain, Scott Bain's been competent and that's all I want what we've done this season that's all I want from my goalkeeper he stood up on Saturday and he made a couple of staves, saves Paul Clellan comes into the comments and, and this is aimed at me and I'm going to go back to the team I take it you're one of those people who thought Celtic shouldn't have had anything to do with the Commonwealth Games what I've said, and I've said this on this podcast numerous times, what Celtic PLC actually see as Celtic, I know they'll never agree with what my vision of Celtic is. So that was a PLC decision. Did I agree with it? No. 
but um, but the PLC took that decision. Man, the PLC took that decision. The PLC are going to do a lot of stuff that I didn't agree with. But I didn't see the PLC as a club. I see me, Russell, the fans, my supporters club and all of that as a club. The PLC is someday as I have a... a the PLC is someday I have a transaction with them. Yeah, that's what they are. They're going to have a transaction with them. Yeah, they're going to have a transaction with them. They're going to have a transaction with them. And they've got their own needs. And they've got their own needs to shareholders and stuff like that. It looks like the two blokes on the balcony in the Muppet show excellent entertainment. <laughs> Well, what were they two boys' names? Waldorf and Statler, was it? Waldorf and Statler, eh? <laughs> right, we'll move, we'll move on. I've actually got to see, I've actually prepared Russell. I've actually got the team up in front of me. Oh! Aye, I, know, I know, I know. Uh, right back, John Joe Kenny. I think since David Turnbull and Forrest have been put like in front of him, John, John Joe Kenny no longer looks like he's pushing a washing machine up the wing. I think John 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 Joe Kenny's looking all right. He's went from a six point five out of ten to a seven out of ten. Do you know what I mean? But the thing is, I'm going to give him his due here as well. He's never fell below that. He's never done, but he's not really put a foot wrong. Whilst he just hasn't been spectacular. Um, but I certainly think I think you're I think you're right again there, Kev. I think the the introduction again. You just need to say the name James Forrest again. You start going, you know, he's having an impact and. All sorts of ways right now, which is fantastic. And I think Kenny definitely with that formation, it suited him better. It looks like he's settled. And I've enjoyed watching John Joe Kenny the last two games. Whether that means that he maybe gets another shot with us in the future, who knows? But, who knows? For, the la- for, but for the last two games, I've enjoyed watching John Joe Kenny. And I, I, can't, yeah. say, I can't say anything better than that. In the centre half position, uh, Stephen Welsh. And I'm going to tell you about something about Stephen Welsh. It shows you how comfortable I am with Stephen Welsh playing now. I've started calling him Welshy. Oh, I've given him, like him, him a nickname. I like it. Nah, if you're getting a nickname, you're in the door, mate. Yeah. Definitely. Do you know so, something? I don't even, even look at him like a youngster anymore, to be honest. I've, I'm, 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 it's, it's, it's like you say, it's these uh, subconscious aspects that bring, you know, he is just part of the first team now, right? Like when you're talking about I is Hire and Wells that are going to be playing hundred percent and you know, if Ayer is going to go in the summer, I was actually having a chat with Tony Haggerty yesterday. We were talking about um Chris Julian and I think when he comes back he's gonna be huge for Welsh. I think I think we were talking about captain characters, right? I know I've went off on a tangent again, I'm sorry, I'll try to talk about the no, line. No, no, no. But uh, I think I think I think Julian's a shout for captain, to be honest with you. I don't think we've seen nearly enough for him. Um, and I think he is so overly criticised for games on a plastic pitch, and um, he's just you know it's just this labelling, lazy labelling of doesn't he like a physical battle? Did you see him in that cup final when we when we won it one 0 Forget the goal, he put his head everywhere against Lazio, head everywhere. I, I think he looked he looked daft at Almondville because he couldn't be deflect the ball when it was coming off the off the plastic pitch. And he looked like a donkey. And Lyndon Dykes did have him on toast. Fair enough. But I think Welsh with Julian next year, once Julian comes back, and Julian with that armband on, I think he'll grow again. I think I think there's a leader in him. I really do. Um, and they aren't overawed with leaders, I don't think, in that squad. And obviously, there's going to be new additions. Fair enough. Maybe that'll change. But I like the idea of Julian and, and, and Welsh next year. If... if uh, I is you know determined to go, which which we seem to think might be might be the case. 
I'm, I'm not saying Welsh is the future and he's going to be a Celtic great or anything like that. But again, I'm loving in the moment here and I'm, I'm seeing a young player who maybe didn't reach his potential loan at Morton last season. He was, he was on loan at Morton last season. and But sometimes he needs to step down to see where you have to go, where, 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 where up. He, he's went down to the Championship in front of like decent professional players, and he's found and he's been found wanting. But he's a young laddie, and he's came and he's brought that experience into the Celtic team this year, and he looks okay. He looks fine, and that's all. That's all. Um, when when I'm talking about, I'm, I'm I'm we're talking about going going to Ibrox on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. whenever it's going to be, uh, and and and. <laughs> Try the chatting, um, <laughs> um, and I've I've got no qualms about Stephen Wells playing now. Not I, 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 I'm not, not about Stephen Wells playing uh, because he, he, he's doing he, he's doing well for us. Christopher, he, he, brings, he brings composure for such a young guy as well, and that's what I'm trying to say. I've kind of forgot when I'm watching him that there should be maybe a bit of you judging him on. Remember, he's only twenty years old or whatever, but. Oh, how old is he? Nineteen twenty. Twenty. I'm not hundred percent sure. No, either, man. But, no. but um I think he's brought I think he's been composed at the back. He's brought a real maturity, I think, in his game as well. And I think you're absolutely right. It's the fact you'll see his name next weekend, whenever the game is, and you won't blink an eye that he's in the team. <laughs> uh, producer Paul comes in comes in to tell us that he's twenty one. And you need to be right, isn't it? Unbelievable. Um, Dykepedia, <laughs> as, as as we call him in the office. Um, look, you, you mentioned Julian coming back next season. I don't know whether we'll see the best of Julian because I don't think he's going to get a pre-season by the looks of things. I think he's still going to be rehabilitation at that time. So we're a new manager. So we're a new manager coming in. Um, I think Julian's going to be starting a bit down the pecking order until he, gets up, until he gets up to speed. And I do reckon whoever comes in will bring in a centre half. Yeah. They, they, they will definitely bring a centre. They'll need to because Ayer is more than likely to leave. One thing, Ayer set up a, Ayer set up a good goal for Moy on a Saturday. But it's only because he's all right footed. He couldn't go. He couldn't go to the left hand side, and and I and, and I think this is something that makes Ayer look a bit awkward at times. Is the fact that he's a right footed player on the left hand side of defence. Kev, Kev, you're stealing my power, mate. Honestly, oh. I, I was going to say at times with Ayer when he dives in, right. So see when the man's running along, you would think when it's doing the left hand side down his left and he's turning. You would think you would slide tackle with your left foot and hook it round. He goes in with his right foot, like across the player, and it always looks a bit... I don't know why I'm sliding about my chair, is it? Nobody can even see my feet. I don't know what I'm doing. But he goes in with... It looks like he's going in anyway. I'm not one to tell a defender how to defend. Clearly never played at his level. But he does look like he's going in with the... uh, he does look like he's going in with the wrong foot, I think, at tackle, and it's his right foot. And I think you're right. He's got no left side... Sort of consciousness at all. Do you know what I mean? It's I I couldn't agree more with that. That's funny you said that. 
It's just, it's just something I notice all the time when he makes a breaks up the park from the left hand side position. He's yep. always he's always going inside. He's always going yep. to go inside because he can't go outside. Maybe under better coaching that'll get developed. But I would like to see him. I don't think we've seen Ayer when you see Ayer as on right back and also the right hand side of defence. I think he looks far more comfortable because it's on his natural side. I agree. And, interestingly, Greg Taylor came back in. For Diego Laxalt, um, I like Taylor. I've says all season I like Greg Taylor. Uh, I think he, he's not as flamboyant or as showy as Laxalt. He's not as noticeable as Laxalt, but I think he does. I think he's a coach's. He's a he's a coach's player. I think managers play Greg Taylor because he gives you that six seven out of ten every week. Well, I, I think it's a fair point. Um, for me, I think I, I would always go with Laxalt above him, but I, I made my case for him last week. Um, I think more I wanted to find out, sorry, what do you think about them? Laxalt seemed to have became Kennedy's man at left back, and I found that it was quite peculiar that Taylor, the week before the uh, you know the Glasgow Derby and the Scottish Cup, that he wants to see Taylor at, at home at Livingston. So it's two ways. Either was impressed by him in training and thought, you know what, I need to give him 90 minutes because I've got a decision to make here. Or he was protecting Laxalt, who's been his go-to guy at left-back since he took over. Um, and, he's, and he just didn't want Laxalt to get to get a knock or anything, or, or, any, or suspended or whatever, do you know what I mean, for um, for the weekend. So uh, I did think it was quite curious that, that, that Taylor randomly brought in the week before. But I, like you say, he didn't let anyone down. He didn't do a bad job in any, uh, any way straight a stretch of form, you know? I don't think so. What I'm going to say is, I think the starting 11 is the 11 that John Kennedy is going to go with uh, this weekend. Same team. I think he's going to go with the same team. And I think Greg Taylor, we, we've spoke about the low knees and stuff like that. And I says, Laxalt, if you were getting higher, higher 10 million in Laxalt would probably be a good deal. For going forward in the summer, but okay. if that but if that deal's not on the table, if that deal's not on the table, I don't. I think we'd be looking for a backup left back, and we've still got Ball and Golly. Ball and Golly's still kicking a bit. Ball and Golly's still going to be our player in the summer. I think Greg Taylor will be Celtic's left back next season, no matter who the manager is. No, I thought, um, I, thought, I thought you said last week, you, you said that Laxalt would join. You thought if he was going to stay, it would be another loan. Did we have that conversation? No, that, that was last week. That, that, was, that, that was last week, man. But I, no, I subscribed to the point. No, I, thought, I, I, I thought I could see that happening um, on, loan, on loan for another season, potentially, or as a make-weight in, the, in, in an higher deal. But again, these are our spots and maybes. Um, what, 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 I don't convince Greg Taylor... Is doing is doing enough to be week in week out Celtic's left back. Yeah, I'm not. Maybe maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know. But I, I would be a bit underwhelmed if you're saying he would be the number one choice left back. I like him in the squad, and I think you're right. I think he maybe is a coach's sort of dream, if you like, in the sense that he, you know he's a, he's a proper pro and he'll and he'll learn and his game will develop and he will always give you that six out of ten or six and a half out of ten. He'll not let you down, but. Do we, could we go for a bit more than that? I think we can. The thing about Laxalt, we're just like 
thinking that Ayer's going to go to AC Milan or Eddie's going to go to AC Milan and he's going to be involved in part of the deal. As, yeah. at, this, as at this point, next season, there's two there's two left backs in the club. Right. Taylor and Taylor and Ball and Golling. And uh, for me, personal opinion, when a new manager comes in or the new manager's assessing this season, he will go, I do not need a left back because Greg Taylor's decent. That's just well, my that's just my no, I like that. I like that. And if that's the case, then happy days because whoever the new manager is going to be, we've got to trust their judgment on these things. And if they think that brilliant. But you ain't gonna be the same team. The same eleven. I, I think it'll be the same eleven. I think when you look at if you move into the midfield, Callum McGregor, Scott Brown and David Turnbull. Since since uh, Scott Brown has signed for Aberdeen, it looks like there's been a weight taken off his shoulders and it looks like he's going to enjoy his football for the he's, he looks, he's looked like he's Wait enjoyed well. his football the last two games and it looks like he's going to enjoy his football from now to the end of the season. See his goal. Did you think I had tapped it in? See for the angle it was because he's dived in with his head, he was kind of in front. And I actually, I'm doing that with my feet again, mate. I don't know what's wrong with me, but he says, I actually does like a ghost volley. And I thought it was I who'd put it home. And I went, Oh, look at that! And that header, see to me, that just epitomizes him. Boy, I know the boy's, gonna, the boy's gonna put his foot in, he doesn't care, mate. He doesn't care, desire to do it. And we were just talking, um, incidentally about a pre season sort of vibe at one point. And then you look at Scott Brown there, who's the complete opposite to that. Love it. Loved seeing it, mate. I thought it was a brilliant header. Uh, it was a good header, uh, but it was Stephen Welsh. Uh, no ire. It was Stephen Welsh. It was Stephen Welsh. Stephen Welsh. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. I, I knew it was one of the two, I, but, but it was just that right foot thing, Andrew. <laughs> what about his volley as well? I mean, you mentioned the, the Rangers goalie earlier on. Eh? I mean, Robbie McCrory had a great game. For, 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 for Lovingston and I mean he, he, he probably he probably stopped at being double figures at the I, time I said yeah. 10 minutes when we started talking about this and it's not an exaggeration I thought that could have been more um, again but it is, it is when, a keeper, when, you, when you put it like that as well when a keeper's having such a positive uh, game he's actually was having a good a lot of good saves there the fact we've still put six past them that's good good signs mate good signs <laughs> Um, if, if we go on, SP, SPB says, are we settling for de- decent and he's put a wee kind of squiggly face emoji? No, we're not settling, settling for decent. Next season, we're not going to settle for decent. But this season, we're, settled, we're looking at the here and now players yeah. that are playing well. So yeah. we can... and, 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 you know, Greg Taylor is playing well. He did play well, sorry, on Saturday. And you know, you know, we're only we're only basically giving him a compliment. So, you know, that's what we're going to. That's what we're trying to do. I mean, we're trying to look for. We're trying to be on a positive Celtic state of mind right now, my man, because it's a huge game at the weekend, <laughs> and we need to try and we need to we need to believe that we can do it. And I hope we will. So they are. I think we do. I think it will be. The midfield sort of picks itself. David Turnbull had a decent game. Scott Brown had a decent game. Callum McGregor was Callum McGregor. If we move to the front three, because we did actually play a 4-3-3, which is interesting as well. James Forrest is... James Forrest... Sorry, somebody's actually phoning me on Microsoft Teams. (laughs) I could hear Uh, you. Aye, 
oh, um, James, James Forrest played played really really well, um, and him going off being injured was it's a worry for us. It is a worry for us because we were already pinning our hopes of winning the Scottish Cup on James Forrest's shoulders and wee neck. Are we, are we, I mean, the guys came back for a long-term injury. Are we actually pinning too much on them? Yeah, definitely we are. But uh, again, as I say, it's our own fault for underestimating what value he's brought to that team. Well, not everyone. I appreciate not everyone, but I'm certainly guilty of it. And I, I feel rotten about it. And I just to, to make his life worse, I've now went for critis- over-criticising him to, in, the, in the house and shouting, he's shouting at him and I put his, his head or whatever. Do you know what I mean? To now going... Well, now you're in my good books again. I'm actually going to pin all my hopes of winning the Scottish Cup on you as well. So no pressure, James. You know, it's he must hate me, man. But no, I've been... He's been really refreshing, I think, in the team. And see, for me, I made the comparison last week with Ryan Christie, and I think James Forrest is streaks ahead in terms of... Uh, just he plays more... He plays the game more maturely um, than Ryan Christie. And I think, I think if Forrest is fit, he is, uh, he is up there with the first names in the team sheet, definitely. Definitely. Well, have they mentioned? We mentioned Moy at the start, and I'm sure we could speak about Moy. Moy had one of those games with makes you wonder, I want to keep him for next season. What about Eddie? What did you think about Eddie? Eddie's, I mean, for me, if Eddie turns up, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days, whenever it is going to be, we win the game. But Eddie looks the shadow of the player that he was last season. See the difference for me with Eddie and Dembele? You didn't ever ask if Dembele turns up, we win the game when it was coming up to one of these derbies, right? Because you knew he turned up. He, he, he was born for it. Why are we even saying if Eddie turns up? Do you know what I mean? I'm agreeing with you, by the way. Because you know that he might not. That's the two differences. See, for me, Dembele had just that. He's got that extra hang on it. He's got the star quality, mate. He's got that big game hunger and he actually thrives in that environment. And and, and Edward, there has to be, you have to be honest, you have to say he's not, despite his goal return being pretty impressive, happy days with that, right? Happy days again. Um, but I think the... Uh, I think there is. I think there's been a lot of lacklustre performances for me from him, um, and there is a concern what Eddie's going to turn up at the weekend because he's that good when he's good. He's a game changer for us, a complete game changer. We all know that. We all know he's you know got bags and bags of ability. You know that that, that could that could be utilised in, in a better league at a top team. We all feel like that that, that he's capable of it. Um, it is a big one at the weekend. He's going to need to get his mojo in gear. You know, I think he needs a rocket up the you-know-what, you know what I mean? And just, come on. Um, but hopefully we will see the, the, the best side of Eddie because he could certainly give them a hard time and he has done over the years, you know, he definitely has. So let's see what happens. I think um, our best hope of victory is Eddie turning up because on his day he's the best striker in Scotland. That day has been few and, few and far between this season. He had a couple of chances at the weekend. There was a good save by McCrory as well. But he just seems to be, his head just seems to be elsewhere. But he's one of those players that you can't play. You can't, you can't drop oh, him. Can't because play. You can't, can't not play. You've got to actually play him. I like what he says about Dembele. Dembele was like, 
like slash for Guns and Roses when he's going for a solo. Uh, this is my oh, moment. I, I'm turning up to a lover and, I, and I'm gaining I'm gaining this loudy. This is my moment. Axel, get away. You you're just you're just a fud. Axel, move. This is my this is my moment. Eh? Um, and I don't Eddie had that last season. But he doesn't. He, he doesn't seem to have it this season. And I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about him. Uh, he, he is one of the first names on the team sheet, and I do reckon that John Kennedy won't change his starting eleven. No, you make a good argument for the starting eleven to be the same. I think we've discussed Boris. You look at El Yunusi that you just touched on there. He's got to play when he's in this spot. He also did score against him a few weeks ago as well. Um, his confidence is high. I think he's playing the state Celtic right now as well. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, I think he, I think he is fighting for his future a wee bit. Um, and as I say, I've kind of swayed to the opinion of that actually might be a tidy wee bit of business. Um, he'll definitely play Eddie, as you say. You can't not play. You've named the midfield Brown McGregor for uh, Brown McGregor Turnbull. Turnbull mm-hmm. has to play again as well. I think he's got a brilliant temperament. Um, he'll ready even for these sort of games. I don't think he's phased by it at all. Um, I wonder how his character is going to grow as well because I think he has been very level-headed right now. Um, he does seem a really calm influence. I would, I would like to see maybe I don't know between him and McGregor if we're going to be going with them and Sorrow. I think we need maybe a more of a personality in the midfield in terms of someone more animated. And I don't know. That, that's just an observation. There's plenty of time for that to to, to work out. And, and 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 you know, it's just. But, I mean, yeah, definitely. You go with that midfield. The back four, I think, is Laxalt or Taylor. Um, I think that one's up in there. I think you're right about the rest of the team. For me, if that team turns turns up whenever the game's going to be and leaves the Ibrox pitch with no regrets, we're in the next round of the Cup. Agreed. That, 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 that's me. That's me looking through green-tinted specs and I didn't really care. Gone to look through it with green tinted specs. Well, Russell, that's an hour and seven minutes, so we better let everybody get back to their work on this Monday afternoon. We, me and you are back about a night at half past six for Screamer Selica, where, where we're going to be going to 2008. We're going to be going to April 2008 and a famous Celtic Rangers game. So if you want to join us tomorrow night, please do. Uh, Thanks for everybody getting involved in the comments and see you all later. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.